0: Hey guys, Walter Fetchik here to tell you that Unicorn.com may be the world's premier esports betting site, but they're also your best bet for keeping up with all the esports you love. With their site's newest update, they've reinvented their Live Now system and created a TV Guide style layout to find out when your favorite teams will be playing next. And if that isn't simple enough, they've even added a search bar to help filter it down even further. And you know, even if you aren't a gambling fan, Unicorn's newest update is a must-have for any esports fan. And you might even discover your favorite new writer in their news section, we have got my man Drowling with some excellent CSGO content, and you can find some fantastic articles from my lovely co-host, Chase Wassener, as well. So check out the new layout at Unicorn.com, because there are a few places where you can stay up to date on all your favorite esports, and Unicorn can help. Unicorn.com. Welcome to the new e-sports book. Hello, Internet! My name is Walter C.A.D. Svedchuk, and welcome to our 2017 summer split European LCS Week 1 Guess the Lines! Episode! I am so jacked. If you can't tell by the punctuation of my hand, by my volume, by my intensity, I am so jacked because we're done with MSI, a tournament that I care absolutely nothing about. There were no IEMs, and there will never ever be another IEM for League of Legends, Rest in Pepperonis. We're done with the team-by-team team previews. We're done putting everything out on the line. Now we get to some actual games. We actually get to break down some games. We get to see how players and teams are, are, have improved in the offseason, how they're going to face off against each other. And we are now officially on the road to the road to Worlds. And I can't think of anybody else that I would rather talk to about and kick his butt again for the third time in a row. Oh, then my good friend and co-host Chase Redshirt King Wasnard. Chase, welcome, welcome, welcome. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. Is this the time where I remind you that I'm uh, leading our guest of the Lions series four to three overall, over the seven seasons/slash tournaments in which we've held this competition? Is, this, is it now, or no. do I wait until like week five or six to bring this up? See, you I don't
0: just... get you don't get to bring it up because I'm the champion. I have the belt right now. I have the meta- metaphorical belt wrapped around my waist, and um, who cares? You know, people always downcry the the Yankees for living in the past. You know, Chase, stop living in the past. Live in the present. You know, get better. Stop making excuses, and uh, you know, you could try to take me down, but it, but it's, it's not going to happen at all.
1: I mean, we'll certainly have to see. I'm excited about both this competition and this split. I, I think that in europe in particular just having two brand new teams enter the picture is massive i think that both giants and origin were incredibly flawed i think both of these rosters have higher ceilings than those teams did and i think that while as a whole most of these teams you know kind of stayed pat the couple moves we did see i think will make a big difference i think they were at positions of need there weren't any moves that were really giant question marks of what are they doing? What are they thinking? You know, Europe had a plan. They stuck to the plan. The groups are almost identical, which is kind of unfortunate. But if we ignore the terrible 10 team, two group system, which should never be a thing, we ignore the fact that it's going to be a 10 week season, which should never be a thing, and we ignore the fact that there are gonna be fewer games each week and for the season as a whole than North America, despite the fact that they have the exact same league size and Europe has performed better and therefore kinda of deserves to have more of a limelight set on them if we if MSI is to be believed, if Worlds is to be believed, then uh yeah, ignoring all of that, this is gonna be fun and exciting and uh and it's gonna be a great quality product. I'm looking forward to it.
0: It's really bad when the EU analyst on your show is like, ah, I don't really want to pay attention to this. Because like, that's no, how it's coming no, across. You know, I sound it. way more excited about Europe than you do, and you're supposed to be the European expert. But I will I'm getting it all out of the way. I, w- I, I will say one thing is that the European content team has been absolutely crushing it with their little like minute long vignettes for each one of the like for the, the top four teams so far. Like those have been fantastic. And uh, North America needs to get their butts together because the video that they did was—it was a video on YouTube. I'll put it that way. i have i really, really enjoyed what Europe has done over the last couple of weeks with those. So if you get a chance, go check out their that YouTube channel and watch those. After you're done watching every single video here, because your views matter more to me here than they do on LOL Esports' channel. So let's actually get to the nitty gritty. Let's get get to the actual games, and then we'll come back around and we'll actually do all the outrights and everything. A little bit different setup than last year. So, Chase, the very first match of the European regular season, H2K versus Splice. Yes. Seems like a weird way to start the year.
1: Yeah, I I, I think that it's an interesting decision. It comes down to this group system that as I just maligned, I'm not a particular fan of, but it means that we can't do what has been the traditional setup in the North American and European leagues, which is to have the two finalists duke it out on day one. Have that rematch that everyone can get super hyped on, like, oh man, I can't wait to see another round of this. Well, they're not in the same group, so they don't get to play each other till week four through seven. So we can't have that match. But instead, we're going to get a match between two teams that Stayed pat. They're the same teams that they were roster-wise last split, and for those of you who remember how that series went down, H2K won four games to Splice is nothing. They crushed Splice, and so much of that had to do with H2K's ability to just snowball that lead against Trashy. Yankos was a monster. Trashy had no impact in the early game, and it's very hard if you're Splice— you have to look at where are you going to get outplays on the rest of the map if you're not able to get that jungler going. Is it going to be in the mid lane? Well, Fabivin has been an incredibly consistent player throughout his career. I think Senkux has issues. Is it the top lane? Sure, you would think that would be the case. Wonder certainly a guy that has been a carry threat in the past, and that's what they're going to want to play around. But Oduwamne is no slouch, and that 2v2 is going to be difficult for them. It's certainly not a guaranteed thing. Nuclear and Che versus Cobby and Mickey, I think it's close enough in whatever direction that you personally lean towards. I think the meta right now is more nuclear's favor than it is Mickey uh in Kabi, I should say. Jin is not a thing right now, which always makes Kabi a little bit weaker. But I-, I think it really this is Yankos versus Trashy. And so far, Yankos has crushed Trashy this year, and that has led to H2K crushing splay. So if you're gonna believe that Splice is going to bring this back, you've got to believe that Trashy's going to do something differently than what we saw last split, and I mean, I guess that comes down to how comfortable you feel with the champions that we just saw got played in uh, the LCK last night. I mean, certainly they're not the same junglers that we were uh, particularly used to, but it's it's still not something that I'm willing to say is so out of the realm of, of Jankos' skill set that I'm expecting him to falter in any meaningful way, so... Yeah, I think that it's going to be an kind of an underplayed start, understated, I should say. It's not going to be that huge, like, oh yeah, these two teams are rivals that are going to duke it out. I think this could be a clinic as to why H2K is still H2K. But man, if you're Splice, if you come away with a victory here, that is just so huge for your place in the group stage. I mean, the Unicorns of Love are a great team, but that's a team that, Splice is battled a little bit more closely. You know, a lot of the same elements there and team synergy, communication, going for the team fights. It's closer style-wise. H2K just feels like a hard counter to their style of play. So,
0: that's... I don't know, man. Man, you can't even get 10 minutes into this episode without disrespecting the second-place team in Europe. I mean... Hey, oh. you know, you can think whatever you want, and we'll get to the outrights in a little bit. Um, yeah, H2K versus Splice is, is... These two teams did not fare very well at the end of the split. They did not fare very well in the playoffs. This was the, the fifth-six teams, basically. They lost to both of their opponents. Um, H2K got crushed by Fnatic. Splice was more of kind of their mental, you know, game kind of fell apart as they, uh, they got reverse swept by Misfits, so... This definitely is not This definitely is not the series I want to open up with. And now my hype has been brought down because Europe does have these kind of series where they're, they're more of a slog. And that's really what day one is, is it's going to be these tier two teams kind of slogging it out against each other and saying, Oh yeah, very first game of the year, we're better than the other guy, but there's still nine more weeks to go. So we're going to be hearing some teams get hyped up because they happen to beat their counterpart. In the first week of the season chase at the end of the day where do you see the line is for h2k versus splice
1: well i you know i, I went back and forth on where i put it ultimately uh it comes down to the question of do i believe that trash is going to be better at yank than yankos at graves leeson or Elise? the answer is no therefore i have to give it firmly in h2k's favor i have an h2k minus forty.
0: I'm going to win this one. It is, in fact, uh, I have H2K at minus 200. It is H2K minus 175. That uh, seems low. H2K got 3-0'd by Fnatic in the playoffs. You have to remember that the algorithms do take into effect recency bias, and the last time we saw H2K, they, uh, they didn't look good.
1: 4 nothing historically this year. What's the odds for, the, uh, for minus 1.5 for H2K?
0: Let me let me pull that up real quick. Um, splice is at plus one thirty-five as the underdog in this. Again, not not great, but you know they're they're the fifth of sixteen last year, so there is some uh, possibility for a more even series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could do that. I'm just sawing for time. <laughs> uh, the handicap of splice at, splice and, to win a game. No H
1: two K to win two of. Like they did plus twice already this year, plus, plus one seventy. That's amazing value. They've already done it twice this year. And it's not like Splice was close in those maps. Splice, I, I mean, H2K is dominant against this team. They seem to be perfect counters to this team. Why should I not take H2K at plus one seventy? I I like that a lot.
0: Remember that entire thing I said overreacting about like week one, one game, winning one series. Like that's what yeah. you're doing right now. No. You just won't even let one game get played.
1: Look, it's up. these are the same rosters we saw last spring. I'm not going to ignore what I saw. This I'm is not going to ignore the fact Splice that has,
0: is- Splice has gotten a new coach, and if you look at their AMA today, they talk about Yamato Cannon leaving. And They said it was a mutual decision on both parts that both parties felt there was no more knowledge that Yamato Cannon could impart onto those players. I think that says something. I'm not just going to say, yep, Splice, right off the bat, they're going to get completely 2-0'd. They did make a change. They changed their coach. They changed their analyst staff. They made some changes. I'm, I'm not willing to say, yep, 2-0 right off the bat, right in in stone. I'm just not willing to say that. But Welcome let's look back. at where else we can get some value. Uh, the next series, the uh, the biggest argument that Chase and I have had in the offseason is which one of us is overvaluing Fanatic or undervaluing and which one is overvaluing slash undervaluing Misfits because we had them basically polar opposites in our uh, in our predictions. So Chase... We saw Fnatic 3-0 Misfits last spring in the playoffs. Misfits obviously changed their jungler. How much of an impact do you think that might have on this series? Do Misfits stand a chance to win this series?
1: I mean, I think it's a massive impact on this series. I think that when you look at what befell Misfits in the playoffs, in both of their losses in the playoffs, you have to look at two factors. Number one, who are pick-and-ban decisions. That's something that we cannot say is going to be fixed automatically. We should not assume that Daku is going to improve that aspect of his coaching, if only because we saw those same problems plague them towards the end of the regular season. And what should have plagued them against Splice, if Splice doesn't blow their 2-0 lead, no, I'm not over it, no, I'm not over it, no, I'm not over it. But the other thing that really plagued Misfits, and this was the much larger problem, was their communication issues. They looked disjointed. They looked stilted. They looked like a team that did not have a cohesive plan outside of some very predictable early game beats. They're always going to go dive down that bot tower. They're always going to try to push for those little, uh, you know, play around that half of the map. And then they're going to look to take some of those neutral objectives and go from there. And that's what you have to do when your ability to communicate is slowed down by language barriers. If you need to tell Kakao to do something, but it takes an extra 10 seconds to explain that knowledge, you can't make the same kinds of split-second decisions. Now they have Maxwell. Now they have a guy that does two things for him. One, he's going to speak the correct language. That's huge. But two, this is a guy who knows how to get his mid laner ahead. And we saw with Misfits the difference between their wins and their losses was can Power of Evil get out of his lane and start to roam? Because a roaming Power of Evil is terrifying. The guy was a beast on any of those kinds of champions in which he was able to, you know, roam out, get some picks on assassins, whatever else. That was by far when he looked his best with his Oriana coming up just slightly beneath that for me before there's. Drop up for everything else. He's a very good mid laner. He was my pick for first team All Pro. I really love him. I want to see what he does out of lane because that's what he's excelled at. And Max Lore should get him there, and that's why I'm excited about this team. And for Fnatic, there's a lot of things that are going their way as well. Obviously, Reckless is a monster. He was my first team All Pro 80 carry. I-, I think that, you know, he was my runner up for the MVP award for good reason. The guy was a beast. The guy has the ability to play so many different types of champions and when he's been asked to hard carry for the team we saw him step up in the playoffs in a huge way with the twitch with the vein with whatever he wanted to throw out there he clearly felt confident he you know he built unconventional build paths reminding me of our good pal genja back in the day but you know what it worked for him and it it had clear strengths and they were able to rally team fights around it and you do have caps who if they can put him in comfortable situations he can hold his own. Certainly he could try to keep power of evil at bay. I think that Soaz as a veteran should be able to exploit Alfari a little bit. You know, Alfari great laner but kind of struggles after the fact. Soaz known for his map presence uh, and his ability to use those globals effectively. So I think that certainly there are places in which Fnatic can find those edges. It's going to be a very close series. I think people who look at it as the 3-0 it was in the third place match, are going to find themselves very surprised to see that Misfits probably isn't going to let Reckless play Ken in three games in a row. No, seriously, they actually did that, the Absolute Madmen. So if that's not going to happen. The series will be closer than it was then. I have a feeling it's going to be particularly close. This is my most hyped series of the week. Uh, I, I cannot wait to see how these two teams butt head to head. I think we're going to learn a lot about the title picture from this series. Because I think both of them are going to challenge UOL for that spot. I think they are. Those those are the two teams. If you, if Fnatic proves me wrong, or if Misfits proves me right, those are the two people that are going to challenge for that second spot with Unicorns of Love. And I want to see which one of them makes that
0: step. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Let let's let's not get carried away here, because I know I know you're you're super high on Misfits, but. You bring up the the thing that Max Lore is. It always makes his mid laner better. He's made his mid laner better. He's been on two teams where he's made his mid laner better. We have him on Giants when he was with the Night uh, last summer, and that team they got they got the three seed. They were all the way up in the three seed. There were all those crazy tiebreakers. It was like crazy. The Giants were up in there, and then they completely flamed out in the playoffs. Last split with Rocket. Up until the end of the season, they almost made the playoffs. They went on that crazy six game run, but. If they don't go on this crazy six game run, there's a chance they're relegated instead of Giants. Like, I just, this metaphor, this thought that he makes his mid laners better, but then the teams aren't able to do anything with that. Like, maybe that says something about the players that he's around, the teams yeah, that you build around him. I would at blame that time. on the three
1: other players on that roster before I would blame it on him. I mean, look, what would the Giants Gaming have outside of Max, and Knight that summer split? That was not a great team. That was the biggest problem in the playoffs because people said, hey, let's camp the hell out of night and Giants had no counter answer to that. I mean, I don't blame Maxlore for that. I certainly don't blame Maxlore for the fact that Rocket had absolutely no game plan for the first two thirds of the split where the coaching just didn't look like they had any sort of cohesive pick and ban strategy. It didn't look like they had a cohesive early game strategy. I don't blame Maxlore as a jungler for that. But let's be clear. Misfits are not going to come in right away and be this two seed that I predict them to be by the end of the split. That's not how these things go. They're, they're still going to take some time to have to learn how to integrate Max Lore into their system. They're still going to have to learn how best to utilize Sama's skill set in a, a meta that should be ha, have heavier emphasis on AD carries. And certainly we saw that a couple utility AD carries were still very much in the Korean meta. We'll see how that applies to the rest of the world. But... In all reality, Europe has always been these innovators. I think that Misfits can eventually innovate into that. I think eventually they can use all these players that they have and the skill set to get there. But I don't think they're going to be there on day one. I think the Fnatic day one is absolutely ready for this series. I think Reckless is amazing. I think that Soaz should be able to exploit Alfari, you know, quite a bit. You know, we talk about Alfari being someone that is very good in lane, but has struggled elsewhere. Soaz much more. Dominant when it comes to his global usage. So, in this series, I think that Fnatic should absolutely be the favorites. I think that it's going to be a closer series because I think that the 3-0 was so one-sided uh, because Daku let Kennen through three times. Yes, that was a thing that happened. That was a literal <laughs> thing that appeared on an LCS stage, and I, I still have feelings about that. But, at the end of the day, I don't think being much closer means that Misfits is able to jump the hurdle yet. That's why I have Misfits at minus I, I have Fnatic excuse me at minus one fifty five.
0: Alright um well um neither of us are gonna get this one. Um okay. um I had Fnatic at minus two fifty. Okay. It is Misfits at minus one twenty five What? 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 Unicorn!
1: I, look, I know we do this thing every split where it's like, oh, it's a new day, new era, let's, you know, throw out some, some interesting choices. What in the world makes that line make sense? I mean, if we're gonna make the argument in game one, like, oh yeah, H2K, the line has to be lower because they struggled in the playoffs, so da, 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 da. okay. Misfits got 3 would <laughs> by Fnatic. The same logic should apply, right? What What was in the algorithm that made them say, "Yeah, Misfits should be favored here"? Sure, they got crushed the last time these teams played, but nah, this is clearly Misfits' series to lose.
0: I, I mean, the unicorn. Only, I love you guys. I do. The only thing I can think of is let me let me go back to our stats. Misfits were at minus 143 in that playoff series. So this now sure. brings it down a little. I just don't know. This is a bon- <laughs> this is bonkers. This is <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, look, shout out to Unicorn
1: for being on my side in our argument. Like, clearly, this is just them having listened to one of his podcast episodes to be like, look, he writes for us. Clearly, he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> Unicorn, calm down. I might be wrong. I, I root for Rocket and CJ Entis. I might be wrong here, you know? Just... Give it some time, but
0: yeah, yeah. And the Atlanta Falcons
1: and the Falcons and good game university. And that one split where I was a fan of winter Fox, that ended up great. <laughs> I um, was Taipei
0: assassins. Oh uh, uh, yeah, Let's, uh, uh, well, well, let's, let's not live <sighs> in the past with miserable teams. Let's actually talk about a good team. Yes. G2 Esports. Yes. And, um, and their foil last split, a uh, a uh, rocket, a team you do root for. Hey, it comes full circle. Um, uh, Rocket were able to beat G2 when they went on that crazy 6-0 run. They were able to break that 400-day undefe- G2 undefeated streak, or whatever the actual number was. It was around there. Um, Chase, like, does Rocket stand a chance here?
1: Of course they stand a chance here. Of course they do. Because Expect and Trick aren't playing this week. And that makes a massive difference when it comes to how this goes. I mean, look, as much as I, I would look at this usually, like, G2 just played an amazing series. Uh, they had an amazing run at MSI. Perks looks the best he's ever looked, uh, and that's going to make the bottom of the half of the map dangerous, especially because I think Sven and Mithy are still significantly better than Hjarnin and Wadid on a two-on-two basis. Mm-hmm. But the entire top half of the map is now in question for G2. Is First of all, having Lulex in as your jungler, two problems there, number one. Junglers are a very important position, and Trick is clearly someone who forms most of their early to mid-game shot calling. He is so much of the factor in terms of controlling resources, getting that jungle ready to go, and starving the enemy jungler of those resources, making sure that he gets his lanes ahead. I don't trust Lulex to make those decisions in the slightest, and I certainly don't think the communication is going to be there that sets him up to do that on autopilot with the rest of the team. And second of all, it's Lulex! Lulex is really bad at League of Legends. Look, if you're a Lulex fan, I mean, first of all, shout out to you. That is dedication. That is a... That's
0: misery. That's what that is. I
1: mean, that is awful. masochism, but at the same time, like, you know, if you believe in the guy, that's awesome. But specifically, he has always been bad at carry champions. And while we thought that tanky junglers were going to come into the meta, it turns out that Graves, Lee Sin, Elise, they're still good and they're still being played and that's much more in Pride Stalker's wheelhouse which is great for Pride Stalker because as a Rocket fan I know he needs a couple warm up series to get some of his legs underneath him in the LCS stage the guy is raw he does not have a ton of competitive experience he didn't even start the full season for Misfits Academy The guy has shown a very select group of junglers with which he's very competent, but he hasn't shown a lot of versatility, and he certainly hasn't demonstrated that he has the ability to understand the macro decisions at play uh, in the way that he would need to. In the same way, Faxi is still a developing young talent. The guy is very good. I think his ceiling is great. I think his Gnar in particular is one of the most fun things that I watched last season. I loved seeing his use of that timing and really making sure that he was constantly in in that playmaking mode. But the guy doesn't necessarily have the same understanding of global usage that someone like Expect would. Now he doesn't have to worry about that. Now he plays Sendu, who is a guy who I would put under the Mendoza line for LCS laners, This is a guy who's on one of G2's sister teams and really has very little experience, if any experience, outside of the Spanish-specific Challenger League. So I don't expect much from this G2 roster in terms of that half of the map. The question really becomes, is G2's bottom half of the map that strong? Can can Perks, Sven, and Mithy carry the series on their own? And the answer is, of course they can. It's Perks, Sven, and Mithy. Two of those three guys are playing the best League of Legends they have at any point in their career, and the third guy is just one or two series away from putting himself back out there as this amazing, engaged support. So, yeah, I still think G2
0: should be favored. Rocket has a chance. Of course they have a chance. Well, you think they have a chance, Chase. I wonder how it's... much of a chance you... You actually give your your homeboys your your team your pride and joy. So where do you think the line is on this? Because obviously it's Rock at minus something, right? I
1: I mean, look, I had G two minus four hundred partly because uh-huh. I I think that that should be where the line is just based off of the great MSI performance. Partly because I didn't think Unicorn was going to take. The fact that Sendu and Lulex were playing that much into account, that's not something that we've seen a lot of when it comes to those roster adjustments because it's very hard to do. So I have G2 minus 400.
0: Well, uh, we're both going to get a point because I also said uh, G2 minus 400, and it is actually G2 minus 384. So we both almost nailed it. Like, that's... That's about as good as we could do. However, I did it uh, with the expectation that Expect and Trick were playing because I totally forgot Lulix, uh and, and, and Sendro were going to slay. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. yeah um, so. What's uh, the Rocket Underdog line there? Uh, Rocket Underdog is at plus 265. And what's a little more interesting to me, now that I have more context, um, three maps is at plus 125. Okay. It's very, very possible that three maps happen. Very yeah, very that, likely.
1: That's almost certainly gonna happen. But I like that Rocket value too, man. Rocket has already won this series against all five of their starters. So, so Chase, it's no, not likely. No, this team. isn't how hedging
0: works, Chase. That's not how hedging works. You don't go all in on your favorite team when there's some nice odds for it. you have to bet against your favorite team so they win. That that's how it works.
1: I you know what man? I set my own rules. Hashtag set the rules. I, I'm I I don't need to follow that. I don't no, no need to hedge. New podcast rule:
0: <laughs> just like with High Moon, the next person to say set the rules is getting kicked off the show.
1: Commenters, you know what to do. You know what to do. Just spam that. Get get your pride going, guys. Rocket hype.
0: Speaking of pride, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna share my pride right here. My pride and joy, the unicorns of love. Because unlike you, I refuse to underestimate this team any longer. I refuse to put anyone else up in the stratosphere with a team that did happen to take a game off of G2 in the finals. They have improved against G2. And Chase, you can underestimate them as much as you want, but we have learned way too much what underestimating the unicorns of love means for for our wallets, for our hearts for the rest of Europe as a whole because they they got to their second finals in their history. They got their second finals. They looked great. Their top laner won the MVP away from the evil empire that is known as Trick Nunu. Like, they have an MVP player. They had the best young talent in Europe in Xeroxy Like, how can you underestimate this team again?
1: I, I love that picking them to go third is, underestimated. is underestimating. So underestimating your... them. It's one spot different than you! It's
0: underestimating.
1: This team is a very good team. I'm excited to see how Unicorns of Love try to adapt and improve upon what they built last split. I I think that certainly there's a lot of potential there. Xerxi in particular is a guy that strikes me as the next great EU talent. I mean, the guy was a monster last split. He's clearly been a playmaker for them. He enables so many of their other options, specifically with the way that he's able to gank for Chachi. Their synergy is off the charts, and it just enabled so many plays around the top half of the map that really enabled this Unicorns of Love skirmish playstyle. It allowed them to pressure things like early barons and really force their opponents to make really tough decisions, and what they did with that was really control the map their ability to manipulate their lanes was by far the best in the league. 51.6% lane efficiency, which is kind of nuts. The team is really good at making sure that there is always a way of pushing in their favor so that every time they win a fight, no matter how slightly they win that fight, they get an objective off of it. And they've realized that winning a fight, a bloody fight, but getting an objective is better than winning a clean flight and having nothing to do afterwards because you don't have the death timers are too low and the waves aren't pushing in your favor and you can't do anything with it so to be clear you of love are great great team they are going to be the favorites here and they should be but i don't think that it is the right call to completely wipe out vitality from conversations about being at least competitive in this series because of two things number one yamato Cannon. we all agree that at least in the first split in which he joins a team there is a noticeable increase in quality from them first split with splice you know you see you saw the growth that that team had with him you saw the growth that Rocket had during his brief stint there the guy's a good coach and he should help get some of these fundamentals that they were clearly missing in their overall macro strategy and and the second thing is Vander's here and i obviously i love vander i i will always give my shout out to that guy. He and Yankos are two of my favorite players and will be until the end of time. but he is a veteran playmaking shot caller. These are three things that you could argue that you know vitality desperately needed. They need someone who isn't just a guy who's been around but a guy who has succeeded, a guy who has won on a big stage and understands what it takes to get there. They need a guy who can shot call, who can come up with a cohesive strategy, because this team had none last split. They had three hard carried players and no idea of who should be carrying when and at what time and what a cohesive pick and ban phase would look like in that regard. And you have a playmaker. You have someone who can go out of their way, get some roams going, shake things up and not put all of that pressure onto Joko, who... Had a very good split for a young jungler, a guy who led the league in first blood percentage, and it wasn't particularly close. I think it was something like 65%, which is obscene for an entire split for a player that no one expected to be a star and certainly wasn't one by any means. But, I mean, the guy had a good understanding of the early game, and now you're pairing him with Vander, who has an even better understanding of the early game? Man, those three-man death rooms could be a thing. Uh, is it going to be enough to de- beat Unicorns or, of Love? Of course not!
0: Of or, course it's not going to beat Unicorns of Love. Or, or uh, Yamano Cannon has not had to deal with a team that is this full of ego. He has dealt with <laughs> Nuke Duck and Vander in the past, but he's never had to deal with Steelback or Cabochard. We've heard a lot of rumors about how you know, some of these teams operate. The thought of this roaming death squad, I also don't agree that that's going to happen because these laners are so dead set on just sitting in their lane and farming and farming and farming and farming. There are not proactive TP plays that come out of Cabo Shard. There just aren't. And against a team like Unicorns of Love, if you're not going to be proactive against them, they will murder you. Because they will force you to make decisions. They will go after you. They they should not be called the unicorns of love. They should be called like the the you know dogs of hell or something because of the way they chase you down and they bite at your heels until you finally go down and they can maul you. This is a great team, led by their MVP top laner and their young stud of a jungler. I, I just refuse to back down and, and look at anyone other than G2 or maybe one of those next four teams is anyone that truly can, uh, can compete with them, and certainly not Vitality. Sure. Certainly not Vitality, and certainly not on uh, day two of the European LCS.
1: Oh, yeah. To be clear, Unicorns of Love are winning this series. I don't necessarily think it's going to be a close series. I think we might see some glimpses of where Vitality is trying to get to by the end of the season. And I want to see it. I want to see them start to utilize Vanderbatter. I want to see more proactive decisions from them, because you're 100% right. If they just sit back and let the Unicorns of Love dictate the pace of the game, this is going to be over, and it's going to be bloody and brutal and and just kind of sad to watch, because it's going to be so one-sided. And it very well could be that way. I just have hope that Vitality understood that their old system wasn't working and that that's why they brought Yamato Cannon in, and therefore they're going to try some things. And they're not all going to succeed. It's going to take a while for any one of those plans to cohesively come through. But if they can at least start trying some things, they have hope for their future. Um, It's not going to be enough this series. Unicorns of Love minus 280. This should be pretty one-sided. Unicorns of Love uh, minus 300. That was my guess. Uh,
0: Chase, you win this one. It is uh, unicorns of love minus two seventy seven. You yes. lucky, lucky, lucky dog of hell! You
1: you forgot to take off the twenty points that unicorn and all casinos take uh, take away from unicorns of love because I don't know.
0: Unicorns okay. of love. It's okay. I'll be getting them back in a little while. Don't you oh, worry no. about that. Uh, but before we get to that, we still have two more games to go. And uh, first up, H two K versus Mysterious Monkeys. Chase, you were you were pretty down on the uh, on on the Mysterious Monkeys um, Yeah. throughout our team by team preview. You had them as your last place team. Um I what's their path to victory against H2K? How could they beat H2K if, if they were gonna pull off a, a surprising win here?
1: Uh, could they bribe Yankos into not destroying the incredibly raw. Basically, a rookie, even if he had played in the Challenger series, he would have been seen as a rookie at that level of play, Llama Bear. Because without that, I don't know how Mysterious Monkeys win the series. I mean, the, the just disparity in, in talent, in experience, in macro understanding at that position in particular is something that should be horrifying. For any Mysterious Monkeys fan, this is not a a nice welcome into the LCS. You know, they played a Vitality or a Splice. I could see it. You know, those teams prefer going to the mid to late game. That would give Mysterious Monkeys some time to try some things. They could try to throw in some weird ganks to the bot lane and see what Yuki can do. They could try to make some weird TP plays with Jisoo and throw people off guard. But, I mean, there is... There is very little that they should be able to do against H2K Gaming if H2K Gaming brings their A-game. Uh, Koski should not be able to hold up against Fabivan. Fabivin is, is by far the more consistent player at this point. Koski was struggling against challenger-level mid laners. I don't expect that to change overnight. I, I think that so much of the meta is still in H2K's favor, whereas Mysterious Monkeys, I, I think, would really benefit from a meta change that would put Yuki more in control, that would put uh, KazQ in a, in a more comfortable place, that would put Jisoo in a more comfortable place. This is a very young team. And the fact that they're going to lose 2-0 in this series is not going to mean that they are doomed forever until the end of time. This is what I think a lot of fans can sometimes lose track of. And, I, and I've seen YouTube comments that say this, like, oh, man, analysts are always so mean to new rosters. Like, no, we're not trying to be mean. We just understand that these things take time. If the Mysterious Monkeys could come in with all of the warts that they showed in the promotion tournament and the challenger playoffs and all of that, and just wreck faces in week one, that would say so many negative things about the European scene as it stands right now. The H2K Gaming is a very good team. They might even be a great team, depending on how they take advantage of their potential this split. I have them at very good. I don't have them at great yet, but there are people who do, and I understand where they're coming from. They were great in the regular season last split, which is the kind of environment they're going to be in here. It just takes time. And do I think the Mysterious Monkeys can get there? I mean, maybe. If CosQ if becomes the guy that we thought he was going to be in, uh, in 2016, back when in 2015 he really impressed us, Uh, If Llama Bear ends up being this top tier young jungle talent, that would be huge. But right now, right now, I'm going to bank on the sure thing over a team that looks like a yacht of young, unproven pieces that need a lot more experience with the LCS macro game. They made some very clear mistakes. Uh, and even in their victories in terms of how they played around the map. And that doesn't get fixed overnight. That gets fixed by scrimming better teams than them and losing on the LCS stage and learning from those losses and adapting what it was that other teams used to beat them and using it themselves. Give them time to breathe. Give them time to grow and change. Give unlimited time to really grow into this head coaching role. But please, please, to not go into week one and tell me that mysterious monkeys are going to stand in the toe, you know, head to head against H2K Gaming on day one. That that is something that I, I think is, is far too far in the other direction.
0: Entirely fair. Entirely fair. I, I just want I, I don't want my hopes and dreams to die. I don't want them to be memes, um, but. Their names are mysterious monkeys, and they have two M's in their name, which means obviously all my hopes and dreams are memes, because there's two M's in both of those. Chase, yes. where is the line on this one?
1: I went conservative on this and the next line. Uh, I feel like it, it probably betrayed me here. But I, I just said, look, uh, we don't know who these challenger teams are, so I should just put it at minus 400 for H2K Gaming. That is the standard, you are favored by a lot line. Um, I'm worried
0: it might be too low. Yeah, you're too low. I'm too low, and I said H2K at minus 666 because, I don't know, the Mysterious Monkey logo kind of looks like Satan if he was a monkey. (laughs) I just went minus 666. Um, I love it. It's actually H2K minus 769. Mysterious Monkeys are at plus 450 as underdogs, and if you were going to be like, well, Walter... What about an H2K20 since Chase brought that up? Well, Chase, I'm so glad you brought it up because I've looked up that line, and that's minus 166.66666. So even the H2K20 is considered the favorite in the series. Uh, So, yeah, uh, stay away. You can't make money on this. Just stay away. It's not worth something fluky happening and you losing a 2-0 you know, your 2-0 bet because I, you know, Yankos lost his brain or got locked in the bathroom and they had to play 4v5. two you know four v There's no value here. Stay away. Stay away. Speaking of no value, Fnatic versus Ninjas in Pajamas. Chase, we've talked about Fnatic, Ninjas in Pajamas, the only team that we haven't talked about. I don't know. Gush about profit or something. Yeah, you, I, you do I, your I love thing. how
1: many people are low on profit, man. And I was, I think... You know, like I, I always say, I read every single comment. I haven't responded to as many as I'd like, but that's because I'm working on an article that uh, hopefully you guys are going to be seeing very soon. But I just love this idea of like, oh yeah, this profit guy, like he, you know, what has he done? Why should we believe that he's going to turn out to be this great player? SK Telecom is a system that understands how to make use of talent and make the most out of it. Even before... He was playing on the starting roster and getting his few reps that he did. The guy had been working within the SKT system. They were watching him very closely as he performed in solo queue. The guy is a monster, according to everybody that has ever played against him. Uh, Whether that translates to the big stage, well, it translated so far for him. Granted, on a limited champion pool, and not necessarily champions that we're going to be seeing in this current meta, but it's not irrelevant. You know, those... Nine or ten games, we can't just say, oh, well, he was on SKT. SKT has lost games, guys. SKT lost multiple series last split. Uh, you can punish anybody who brings a truly weak player in. The guy did very well. The guy looked like a young, promising talent. Is he better than Hooney? Of course not! Huni's one of the best three top laners in the game right now. But if Prophet is a top, let's say, 20 top laner, then... SKT would still let him go and he could still be a monster in North America or Europe. Now, is he going to be that guy? I don't know. I don't think this team is going to be a team that lets him show off that lane ability if he could be that guy. You know, Shook is certainly not going to be doing him any favors in a 2v2 in the top lane. That's that's not going to help. I don't think that I trust HeQ's engages or team fighting or anything about HeQ at all helping him out. And Spraddle, I... I Yeah. I I think the less said about Sprattle, the better. So it's very hard for me to see a world in which profit truly gets to shine in a way that some other Korean imports have gotten to shine. Uh, This isn't a position like Lyra in the jungle where you can really make a lot of solo plays that look super nice. That's just not how top lane works most of the time. But... He should be fun to watch. I'm really looking forward to seeing how he goes up against Soaz, because Soaz is one of the few top laners that if you wanted to get a solo outplay, Soaz will go toe to toe with you. He believes he can win every 1v1 trade. He has shown that he has no problem dueling until both top laners die, which we saw multiple times last split. And Prophet, I think, is is more intelligent in the laning phase. Will that translate after the laning phase? Probably not. Fnatic is a much more cohesive strategy to them. They have a lot more synergy. They have a lot more experience playing together. But I'm looking forward to seeing how Prophet holds up against SOAS. I want to see if he proves me right, or if he proves a lot of the commenters who are saying I'm I'm getting too hyped about him and I should be ignoring the challenger stuff, uh, which is fair. Solo queue doesn't necessarily mean all that much. I should be ignoring what all of the teams that have played against him and all the the you know kind of. Things behind the surface, these rumors bubbling up that he's a very good player, which I'm less convinced by that. I think Korean teams don't really talk up players like Prophet if they didn't see something in the guy. Mm -hmm. But uh, we'll see. I'm I'm very much looking forward to that. Not so much looking forward to any of the rest of this, because this should be a blowout at every other position on the map. Even if you like Nagne, which I kind of do, despite myself. I, I'm not saying I should, I'm just saying I do. Oh. Caps is, is better right now, at this point in his career. And I, you know, unless there's some miracle nogday resurgence, which would be kind of fun in a ridiculous way, it, it, uh, it, this
0: should be a blowout for it, a fanatic. It doesn't matter because Ninjas in Pajamas head coach is Nico the Pico. Chase! I know, it's really bad. Chase, you need this line to prevent me from going one up. As and obviously, I, obviously, you know, if I win this one, then you know, obviously, I'm going to be the champion. We gotta, we gotta just use one week to determine absolutely everything about how the season's going to go. So, Chase, roll the dice, buddy. Where do you think this line is?
1: I went too low. I, I, I already put the the point for you in my notes because I know I'm I'm mad at myself. I really have no one to blame but myself. I said Fnatic minus 400. I like I said that is the standard line when you're clearly better than the other team, but we don't know by how much yet. And I have completely spaced just how much this is going to be favored against challenger teams because challenger teams are not given any credit when they first enter the season. So tell me how wrong I am. Let me know. This
0: isn't even the challenger team that won the spot. There's not a single player that qualified for this spot on this team. So you can't even use that argument. This is five random players that have never played together before all thrown onto a team. It's a major problem. The point's already on my board. You said minus 400. I said minus 450. It, oh. is, uh, it is minus 769. Okay. So Panatic, are, minus you, were 769. That, you were that much closer. Doesn't me. matter. A point's a point. I didn't I, realize which way they were going to go with Ninjas and Pajamas. And now that we're going to get to the outrights, because I've already won the week, we're going to get to some outrights, and we're really going to see where they place Ninjas and Pajamas.
1: Are we not doing smart money bets, or are we doing those Oh, we the need end? to do
0: smart money bets. Yeah, let's smart do smart money bets first. Um, I want
1: H2K plus 170 at minus one 1.5. I'm fighting for that one.
0: Okay. I will say okay cuz I haven't seen much value anywhere else. Um then I'm going to say Fnatic at -105. Um Yeah, that's
1: fine. Do we want to do if I I I'm happy since you're meeting me halfway on that one, I'll I'll meet you halfway there. Um what about rock at G2? Do we want to bet against Lulex? Cuz I... I feel like betting against Lulex seems like a really
0: nice fun The real question is do we want to go big and say rocket win the series or do we just go small and just say it's a three-game series
1: i say for the sake of our viewers at home given what we know about our european pets last split let's go three maps plus
0: 125 (laughs) you totally swerved me i thought you were saying go big (laughs) <laughs> no, absolutely not. I okay. I saw what happened to us
1: last split. I saw the tapes. They're on our YouTube channel. I'm not I wanna go a little bit more conservative in Europe to start out the season. Maybe later we'll go for a swing for the fences if you know if we need to. But for right now, uh, let's take the three maps because I do believe that Lulex and Sendu will lose them at least one map. And That's if totally you're cool. like me and you believe that this Rocket team could be very good and you're like me and you believe that Ludlex could be just terrible and that Sendu probably won't be much better, then I would consider plus 265. We're not putting in a smart money bet, but it's going to get the chase seal of approval. Maybe we can get a separate graphic for that. I don't know. It, that's my. Just imagine that this is a stamp. I'm stamping it as my seal of Nick, approval here.
0: Nick, <laughs> put down a note. We need a chase stamp of approval. Yeah, I know I've got you working on a million other things. Yeah, I want that at the (laughs) top of the list right after you run and get me some Subway. Got it. Yeah, you know my order. Perfect. Wonderful. Nick's going to take care of that. We're going to get one of those big rubber animated stamps or something like that. Uh, With that said and done, our three smart money bets for the very first week of the European LCS. H2K to go 2-0 over Splice at plus 170. Fnatic to beat Misfits at minus 105. And uh, G2 versus Rocket to go three maps at plus 125 with the you're not dumb if you take Rocket to go plus 265 over G2. It's just a little risky. Yes. That being said, now that we got all that out of the way, we're going to go to some outrights real quick. I really love outrights because I made a boatload of money off of them last split. It's great. It's fantastic. Other than me choosing that one team to win that we'll not talk about. That being (laughs) said, Chase, I think we know who the favorite to win is to win the European LCS. It's Would Rocket, you like right? to Yeah, it's Rocket. Absolutely. Yeah. Would you like to guess what Rocket's line is then to win the LCS? <laughs> uh
1: I well, I think G2 is the actual favorite. Yes. I'm going to say I'm going to say plus 150.
0: Uh, it is actually plus 100. Wow. Yes. That We're is not even um, going to
1: pretend, huh?
0: That is that is almost SKT level. That is almost an SKT level line for this. I'm not. I think that
1: might be more than SKT level line.
0: Uh, no, it's not. SKT is uh, negative. Uh, is minus 119.
1: To win the outright? Oh,
0: okay. To win the out. to win LCK outright. Uh, that being said, Chase, would you like to hazard a guess at who number two is on the list? Uh, unicorns of Love. That is correct. And they are at plus 450. Who is number three on the list?
1: Oh, this is going to be interesting. My. My heart says it's Fnatic, but I'm actually going to say H2K.
0: It is H2K at plus 500. They're now followed up by Misfits at plus 1,000. Fnatic at plus
1: 1,200. Wait, hold on, hold on. Stop it. Stop it right there. So you're telling me that Unicorn has decided that my theory that Misfits is going to be better than Fnatic this split by the end of the split is co-signed here i thought this was like my corner i thought i was like this was my unpopular opinion
0: like chase based on chase they yeah? had misfits to beat fanatic in week one of course they had misfits over fanatic in the outrights
1: i mean that's not always been the case that has not always been the case but yeah that's i i'm not alone and i don't know whether it makes me feel better or worse That should make
0: you feel worse because it doesn't (laughs) matter what their odds are. They aren't winning when G2 exists. Moving on. Fnatic at plus 1,200. Splice at plus 1,400. Vitality at plus 1,600. Chase, Rocket is at plus 3,300. Whoa. How dare you? Vitality? It's like 1,500 points more than Vitality? Yep. Come on. Stop Um, it mysterious monkeys at plus 4,000 and ninjas in pajamas are 10th at plus 6,600. Uh, th- that's for the winners. That's for who you think are going to win. I think unicorns of love has some tremendous value on that. Again, I like that. I like that's that awesome. one a lot uh, to, make playoffs, to make the playoffs to make the playoffs. Splice is the low man. They are the, the sixth team. Basically, they are at minus 111. Then it has Vitality at plus 100. Rockat at plus 350. Stop. That's a value right there. That is some tremendous value That's right there. That's
1: some really great value. Plus 350 for them to sneak their way in when they were one series away last split. And it's all the momentum that came from that second half of the split. Absolutely we yep. take that. Absolutely.
0: Uh, yeah, um, I'm writing that one down. Mysterious Monkeys at plus 400, Ninjas in Pajamas at plus 500. Only interested in the Rocket line. Yes. Only team, I think, out of those other four that could make the playoffs. I have no faith in Vitality at all. Uh, For Group A, Chase, would you like to hazard a guess at what G2's odds are to win Group A?
1: Minus 250?
0: It is minus 333. Okay. Misfits are second at plus 600. Fnatic at plus eight hundred, <laughs> Rocket at plus two thousand, Ninjas in Pajamas at plus three thousand three hundred. Moving on. Don't unicorn, waste your don't, time. Play. unicorn, unicorn don't, don't play unicorn don't play. Now chase. Yes. Group B. Yes. Would you like to guess Unicorn of Love's odds to win Group B?
1: Plus one
0: fifty. It is plus one sixty five, and they are tied with H two K.
1: Huh. See, this is my point. The Unicorns of Love have a higher outright chance than H2K, but their group outright winner is even. Like, it's not always as lined up as you would think, which is kind of what makes some of these things fascinating. If you really like H2K, you get more value out of going H2K on both of those bets than you do from, like, you can hedge the Unicorns of Love if you wanted, plus 165, or go, you know, H2K and hedge the other direction. It's kind of interesting. I'm very curious how that happened. But, uh, cool.
0: No idea. Uh, Splice is at plus 500 Vitality, plus 700 Mysterious Monkeys, plus 2,000. Um, I, of course, think that's only a one-horse race. I think Unicorns Love are head and shoulders above the other ones, and I'm going to be making a lot of money off of the Unicorns of Love again this split. Thank you so much, Unicorn. You guys are so nice.
1: Yeah, so so that's two... Like, if we're going to do smart money bets for the outrights, Rock at plus 350 to make the playoffs. Yep. Unicorns of Love plus 165 to win Group B. I think we both agree on that.
0: Yep. And. Unicorns of Love plus it. 450 to win Europe. Oh, you want to do that? Yeah. Well, I'm personally going to do it, and I personally okay. made almost 10,000 unicorns last spring. So. Well, that's the Walter seal of approval. That is the Wal- That is the big Walter, and that is the only seal of approval that you should care about because your Guess the Lines World Heavyweight Champion is up one point right now, and all we know is that Week One is the only thing that matters. So I've already re- ta- you know retained my belt uh, for the rest <laughs> of the summer. That's great. Moving on. That has been a podcast. That has been Week One of the European LCS. Man. This is going to be a great year. I can't wait. I can't wait for week two. I can't wait for week three. I can't wait for week nine. And then we go into the week 10. And then we go into the playoffs. And then it's the road to Worlds. And then, obviously, European team is going to win Worlds because they're better than North America. And North America should just pack it in. Wait a minute. I'm the North American analyst. What am I going to be doing all summer?
1: Hey, man. You guys
0: can find me at c underscore LOL Chase. Where can good folks at home find you?
1: First of all, we always need more wildcard analysts, man. We need to give <laughs> these minor regions. The, like Taiwan. Analysis sake. Yeah. Oh, shut up. Come on now. You can find me at Richard King. Uh, I love keeping these conversations going with you guys. I will read all the comments. I will respond to as many of them as I can. And uh, we love talking to you guys on Twitter. We love talking to you guys on our Discord. We love talking to you guys all over the place. So please... Uh, feel free to reach out and let's keep these conversations going. There's a lot of fun coming our way.
0: Absolutely. And if you haven't checked out, we did release our European predictions today. Quick, short, like 20-something minute video where we just bang, 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 go through the order of which we think teams are going to finish. And you guys can use that to help with your outright predictions of who you might think might win, see if there's some value in there. I know Chase would have loved to say a value bet would have been misfits to win, but he would have been absolutely wrong. And of course, our North American Guest Alliance and the prediction episode for them as well will be up on our YouTube and our SoundCloud tomorrow, which is Thursday, which is the very first game of European League of Legends action for the summer. So, until then, goodbye, Internet. You can follow the Rough Dress podcast on all your favorite social media sites. Twitter, at Pod. Facebook.com backslash roughdresspod, soundcloud.com backslash esports roughdrafts, youtube.com backslash rough dress podcast, as well as on iTunes by searching for the Rough dress Podcast. The Rough Draft Podcast is supported by our lovely Patreons at patreon.com backslash rough pod and by viewers like you. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.